0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
2: Hey everybody, it's Dustin from the HP Podcast. And
1: this is Ben. We're just coming here to tell you about our show, well, the HP Podcast.
0: The HP Podcast is a weekly video game podcast from handsomefandom.com that's also part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network and... Ben, it's a little hard to describe our show because it's a little bit of everything.
2: We get into a lot of shenanigans. We also talk about some news. We have some pretty serious topics sometimes. But sometimes uh, our friend Brandon takes a shirt off and uh, just does the show that way. So you should definitely check it out. I think he got stuck to the seat last time. That's possible. So that was,
0: that was a time. Yeah. So anyway, check out our
2: show. We would love that.
0: The HP Podcast. This show is part of
2: the RetroZap.com podcast network. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 120 of the R-Cast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who is almost cast as Sully in the Uncharted fan film, Robert Workman.
1: Yeah, I just like the mustache as always.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you did know, you know, time. That That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. and
1: all, all of a sudden, you know, I try talking. Hey, kid, what you doing? Are we hunting for treasure? What's going on? <laughs> obviously, Stephen Lang does it better than me, but we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, today, guys, we are talking anime games. So, of course, we had to hunt down one of the better anime experts out there. And who better than Boston Bastard Brigade's own Evan Borgall?
0: with my bastards and wenches and I was thinking about trying out for the Nathan part but I'm lanky I'm more of like a loop III the third type of guy than <laughs> Nathan he- Drake
1: this is the heel, he'll fly into the guy and you know he'll knock into the guy and he'll fall to the ground and be like, Really? That's it? Really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> It'd be cool, a like crossover at least in that case.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll he'll jump in the air and the breeze will blow him away. Like a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Exactly. <laughs> we're very excited to have Evan on board to talk about all things anime, because I know you're an anime expert, pretty much like the, the, the anime expert as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank <you. laughs> so uh, yeah, but, but before we like, jump into that, we're gonna jump into some news and uh, speaking of jumping, Nathan Fillion jumped into the role of uh, of nathan drake here for this uncharted fan film uh which which we alluded to in that intro there uh but R- robert i was kind of curious what was, what was your first impression when first seeing this uh this really cool fan film
1: like why we're not getting that film and instead we're getting the one with you know the kid who played spider-man because seriously nathan Fillion killed it in this movie i mean it was made by a filmmaker by the name of alan unger Right. And and he put together this fan film that reportedly was a tease for a much longer film. But no, this is it. This is the film. And it Mm -hmm. features uh, it features Nathan Fillion, of course, as Nathan Drake. And those of you who saw like movies like Avatar and Don't Breathe may recognize Stephen Lang as Sully.
2: He's also Mm -hmm. in it as
1: well. And uh, it's just really (laughs) it's like a 15 minute mini film, but it's probably closer in tone. To um to Uncharted than whatever Sean Levy and his team is cooking up because their movie is going to be about a younger um version of Nathan Drake who's gonna be played by obviously uh Tom Holland. Right. And so you know, the way, oh, they're yeah.
0: trying to the whole prequel thing.
1: Yeah, they're gonna do that, Rob, because they think, you know, for some reason he bit Nathan Drake's shoes. But uh, you have to admit there was a kid in the Uncharted games, especially Uncharted 3, but yeah they had the I prequel mean, parts there. This movie was an argument that Nathan Fillion can make it work. Guys, oh, yeah. you know, he really can. You know, I really enjoyed this fan film, and now I kind of want to see the rest of it, and there is no rest of it. You know, it, it's sort of like that season finale of a series, but oh, I can't wait to see the next season. Then it gets canceled. You know, <laughs> no, that's not it, You know
0: what? It's kind of reminded me of like when. Um, the second Uncharted game came out, and I think it was around that time when they were even speaking about doing an Uncharted movie. Then, and Nathan Fillion was like the top of the list of the people that that people wanted to see play oh, Drake fans
2: in. call for him, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. He almost seemed like the preferred actor because when when the Uncharted film was originally announced, you know, it was rumored like for the longest time, like Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be in it. But like, wait, well, hey, why don't you consider Nathan Fillion? And I, I think yeah. something just went off in his head. Be like, yeah, why not me? So, yeah, why why not me?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's, it's also like kind of, kind of interesting, too, because obviously you you, you, have, you, um, you have you have Nolan North who like plays as, uh, as, as Nathan Drake in the games. Um, and and you have like having you have like Nathan Fillion like who is playing as Nathan Drake now in this fan film. Uh, but even just recently too, like with uh, with like Destiny Two, uh, Nathan Fillion played as Cade Six, and now and now you have Nolan North who's like taking over that role. So they're they're almost kind of like switching roles in the in, in, in this case, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, at least with their like you know with their respective uh, careers and everything. So it's uh, it's really interesting, and honestly, it would be really cool to see this uh, be greenlit into like a full fledged film. But since they are already making a film with uh, with Tom Holland instead. I would make the proposal, honestly, that they have Nathan Fillion, you know, be like the adult Drake while Tom Holland plays the younger Drake and just kind of switch back and forth.
1: I would be happy with that. Although yeah, that would be a good be, idea. You know, yeah. I, I don't know how many people do the whole flashback thing. Well, we've had like movies that try to do flashbacks and I'm still trying to figure out Memento and that came out years ago. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like I imagine that they already have like the uh, the script already kind of laid out and there's, you know, there's no room in order to have, like you know, have like a Nathan Fillion like adult Drake in there. Um, but I mean like it would be really cool and maybe like possibly if the first Uncharted film does well maybe then they can add in Fillion like if we're looking more on a realistic scale um, but yeah like Ooh, it, it is really great. cool like with what we got with this fan film and uh, honestly you know with like, with, like Nathan Philian, he just really nailed down the part of Nathan Drake as far as like his mannerisms obviously the look and everything but um, especially just like the mannerisms how he played it out and like the action sequences and all that it really f- felt like the games came to life in this film
1: yeah, I mean, never say never, though. I mean, you take a look, like, for the longest time, wasn't it Billy D. Williams who was supposed to play Two-Face in the Batman films? Then they replaced him with Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever. <laughs> but then Lego yeah. Batman movie came around and Billy D. Williams was playing Two-Face. You know, there, there's always that possibility. Down well, there. keep in
0: mind, it reminds me now of Superman when uh, Nicolas Cage was supposed to play him, and now Nicolas Cage is playing Superman, but in the Teen Titans Go movie
2: yeah oh yeah that's right i forgot about that actually (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of weird how like history revolves and stuff like that yeah it's like
0: okay you were promised this role it's gonna be about 20 years too late but here you go
1: hey at least you don't have to worry about cutting your hair nicholas oh thank goodness right hair.
2: Speaking of twenty years too late, uh, "Return of Double Dragon" is uh, coming out finally for the SNES. Ooh,
1: smooth with the transition there. That a
2: really good segue. Yeah, I, I couldn't help it. Um, so we, we're finally getting "Return of Double Dragon" here in the states, uh, which came out in in Japan. Um, and I'm I'm really excited, especially after watching the. the, the now, series.
0: is it better than Double Dragon Four? Because that was an atrocity.
1: Uh, yeah, because this actually reverts back to a good Double Dragon game, uh, Super Double Dragon for Super mm-hmm. Nintendo. Uh, It features two-player co-op this time around, uh, seven remix stages, gameplay very similar to Super Double Dragon based on what we've seen in the trailer. And it's done by – well, I would say it's done by Technos, but Double Dragon 4 was also done by Technos. So whatever. uh, So this is back
0: when Technos was good. Yeah, yes. basically,
1: basically, yeah. <laughs> they, they basically, basically, Return to Double Dragon is the apology for Double Dragon Four. It seems. So.
2: Yeah, because like this, this game has already been made, so it's just a matter of like you know of like releasing here in the states and uh, having people actually you know here in the states at least be able to experience it. So it's just really cool and. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just glad to see like an old school, du- you know, old school in, in the truest sense, really. Um, double du- double dragon games just kind of come out here, you know, here in the states, and uh, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on it, especially that um, that red cartridge too. That looks really slick.
1: Yeah, mm. it is nice to see an old school release for that. But I'll tell you what, I mean, they should really do. They should go all out. I want like Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch releases as well, because not everybody has a Super Nintendo. So. Mm-hmm. Right, Wouldn't but you can buy like a Retro Five easily these days. A Retron Five, yeah, yeah, you can, or a Super Nintendo system, which is the best way to go. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Although if they
2: did have like a digital release of the game, though, uh, you know, I, I think that'd be, you know, that would like really do well like for like fans like who, uh, who you know, who don't have like their SNES or like you know have like a Retron Five handy. Um, but you know, honestly, like just having the game come out, period, is just really, really cool. So I, I you know, I can't wait to get my hands on it.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a fun game to play. Um, I'm always a sucker for good double dragon games. And super double dragon. I don't know what it is, it's one of those underappreciated double dragon games. Like a lot of people swear up and down about double dragon or even double dragon two, but super double dragon very rarely enters the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. But this
1: is one of my favorite beat em ups in the Super Nintendo. So seeing it do in you think it might 7, be, awesome.
0: Do you think it might be because it's always drowned out by
2: Battletoads versus Driable Dragon? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Which
1: I can't complain about. That's a good way to be drowned out. Battletoad. So, you know, yeah,
2: yeah. it it, it is very underrated as far as the Double Dragon games are concerned. But, um, yeah, I'm just really excited for it. And and in fact, I like how, you know, it has co op in there and very deep gameplay as the trailer suggests. So, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how deep that this gameplay goes.
1: (laughs) Well, let's see. You can kick somebody in the face. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. So we're really excited for that. And another thing that we're really excited for, too, is the uh, Spyro trilogy coming out, the Reignited trilogy. Um, And also, like, with Stuart Copeland from the uh, the police coming back in order to help out with the soundtrack, too, Robert.
1: Yeah, his role hasn't been finalized yet because the Comic-Con panel... Uh, which will reportedly introduce him back into the project isn't until Thursday. I mean, it'll be over by the time the show is over. So by this time, you guys will actually know more than we do. But we saw a tweet over on the Spyro of the Dragon Twitter account that saw Stuart uh, talking with some sort of staffer. So he's either helping with consultation on the soundtrack or he's doing the soundtrack himself. Now, he did do the original music for all three games, the original games, as well as... um, Enter the Dragonfly, I believe he did that. That yes. was his last one yes. in the series. So, so he is amazing. So if he can come back and remaster the soundtracks, uh, I, I mean, you know, Activision already did a slam-bang job with the Crash Bandicoot soundtracks and in the Insane Trilogy. But if you get Stuart Copeland to remaster his Spyro with the Dragon soundtracks, it's, it's going to be the bomb. Uh, he, does, he did an amazing job with the original soundtracks, so I'm all for it if they bring him on board. It's a smart decision.
2: For sure yeah and um yeah I, I imagine that he that his role is gonna be more in an advisory role honestly because I imagine that they already have someone who's actually working on like the actual like the you know for, for like the music and the remaster of it and yeah like it, it's just really cool to kind of have him back on board and uh you know kind of see like how um you know how this all turns out because like, I know we have uh we have our good friend sketchcraft also who's like part of this project too uh working on like the um uh, the like art for the game too so it's uh, you know it's really cool to kind of see these people like who we either know or or that we really, really expect, or, or both, you know, um, you know, to you know, to kind of come together for this awesome trilogy. So, you know, it's just really neat to see.
1: Yeah, it, it is good. I mean, from what I played at E3, it's a lot of fun. It's very true to the original games. So, uh, I'm excited to see how this uh, how this project comes together. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: For sure, yeah. So, like, like obviously, you know, with, uh, you know, with like, Spyro, like, not all things kind of transitioned. Like, obviously, it was very, like, polygonal back then, uh, which kind of leads us into, like, a next story, actually, with, like, a new mod uh, that kind of came out for for Final Fantasy XV, uh, kind of bringing back the classic polygonal look uh, that was in Final Fantasy VII before, like, the newer game, Robert.
1: Yeah, I'm taking a look at these screenshots, and it almost looks like some really bad Photoshop.
2: <laughs> yeah or like some kind of cosplay or something too actually because I, I, see, I see some cosplay of the blocky Final fantasy character too.
1: I, I know they, they look like they're actually wandering around in giant costumes with giant heads but yeah um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting um it, it looks like this mod was put together and it's only available for the windows edition sadly so if you want to play it on the consoles you have to wait a little bit longer but i mean from what i could tell it it's it's a little freaky, but it is kind of cool. I have to admit, you know, it's it's not something you normally think about in the way of
2: mods. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, the, the the mod itself is called the 1997 Retro Noctis outfit. As you, you know, as you can imagine, uh, this is very much of um you know of, of a kind of like in that very blocky, very polygonal kind of look that Final Fantasy VII was known for.
0: Compared to like the the realistic graphics in the background, it just looks like someone made some of the most. Creepiest polygon styled cosplay.
1: Yeah, I was
2: saying that actually. Yeah, because like I, I've seen people do like the cosplay of the old school cloud, like from from from, uh, from FS seven, just walking around with like the blocky, like you know, like like uh, you know, like hands and like the you know f- face and like body and everything. Uh, it, it legit looks like that just because of how realistic that the graphics look in comparison to it, so it's so jarring. <laughs> it's gotta look it's,
0: it it kind of looks like a Chuck E.
1: Cheese animatronic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you not wrong, yeah. I expect these dudes to walk around and scare me while I'm eating pizza. Be like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: For sure. Welcome! So I figure we'll get into the part of the show now called What Do You Play? And we'll get some of the games you've all been playing or recently beat. So, Evan, with you being our special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing?
0: Well... I actually just beaten them. Hopefully, by the time this episode airs, you'll see a review of it of a, a first-person puzzle game that I was actually telling Robert about called The Spectrum Retreat.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got code for this too, actually.
0: Yeah, dude. Let me tell you something. This game might actually take the place of Portal as my first, as my absolute favorite first-person puzzle adventure title.
2: It's high praise.
0: It is. <laughs> the puzzles are great. It's there's a lot of brain teasing a lot of outside the box thinking but it never gets to like that hardcore frustrating level that some of like the later levels in Portal 2 gave you and the overall story involving this guy who's trapped in this weird hotel that he can't leave and the reason why he can't leave as the story progresses you'll realize like his kid was sick and something happened to him and his and his wife it's it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper i can't really spoil the story but let me tell you it's this this guy i think his name was dan davis uh he made this game in six years he built a prototype for it and ripstone was so impressed with it that they gave him money to finish the game Mm. and this is the end result it's the second game i've actually awarded uh, five stars to uh, the other one being Onrush, which is a fantastic racing
2: title. Oh yeah, Robert and- loves that. So yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let and let me tell you, play this game. It, I think this this kid who who created this title, he's gonna have a very very bright future.
2: Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Is this like his his first game? Or
1: yeah, it's his first
2: game. Wow, that's really cool.
1: It's great to see, like I haven't played it yet. I'm still waiting to like download it, but it's great to see that somebody take initiative and make it more about storytelling than creating like a visual style with their games, or I mean, not that you know, obviously the game's lacking a visual style it looks good, but he wants to tell a compelling story. these days, you don't see too many indie developers that do that. There are some that stand out, obviously, but, you know, you really don't see developers say, this is the story I want to tell in my game. Usually, most of the time, it's like, oh, let's go for this retro thing, or, oh, let's go for classic gameplay. You know, they're focused on different areas. But to see someone focus on the tail at hand and keeping players glued to the end that's really great to see from the younger developers
0: and that's a gorgeous video game too just even walking around the hotel the, the, the detail that this guy put into it is just stupendous it's triple a title but it, it it it's it's basically made by a very 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 small team
2: hmm. that's really cool that's awesome yeah and is there anything else that you're playing right now Evan or
0: um, I am starting to get into vampire, or if you want to say vampire, vampire. I don't know oh, yeah, how am are uh, <laughs>
2: <Yeah.
0: laughs> supposed to pronounce it? But um, I just started it. It's it looks pretty cool so far. I can't really comment too much on it. I also, uh, my buddies and I are also starting. Well, we did play a lot of uh muddle dash which i don't know if dcd you played that when it was at the pax east booth that pq games it's a very very simple racing title where it's you and like three other friends are playing like these octopuses or octopi however you want to say the plural Mm -hmm. and the name of the game is you gotta you, you have to be the one to bring the present to the party of your friend And all your other friends are trying to beat you up and steal the present so they could be the (laughs) the one. Yeah,
2: that's really funny. Yeah, that's cool. It's really
0: it's so simple. It's only like six bucks on the Nintendo Switch, and I think on all the other consoles and PC. Uh, I'm hoping that they add more to it in the near future because it's basically just that one mode, and it's Mm. only in person. It's not online, so maybe add that in the future. But for just a small game for six bucks where your buddies can just beat each other up as octopi and try to steal presents.
1: It, it's fun.
2: It sounds like a fun little, little, little party game, honestly, for the switch. It is. So, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. How, how about you there, Robert?
1: I've been working on a couple of different games uh, lately. I just, uh, I'm working on my review right now for Tempest 4000, which came out. From oh Atari. yeah. Very cool game. A nice variation of the classic Tempest 2000 with even trippier visuals. And it just, A lot of fun overall. I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. Um, another retro game I'm playing this week is Sonic Mania Plus. Uh, this is uh, a brand new uh, addition to the series. It's basically a Sonic Mania the Director's Cut uh, with special uh, new Encore mode, which is a lot of fun. Two new characters, Mighty and Ray, each with special abilities, including Stomp and being able to float Mario World style, I guess, across levels. Mm. Um, there's a four-player competitive mode that's pretty crazy. Uh, it, it's really just a lot of fun. And you know, if you have Sonic Mania, you can buy the DLC for an additional five bucks so you don't have to worry about buying the game all over again. But the physical version comes with a special art book, as well as reversible cover art that features Sega Genesis style. Oh, that's right. It's it's the best way to go. I mean, if you're going to go for Sonic Mania Plus, I definitely recommend the the, uh, the retail version, because just those collectibles alone make it worthwhile, and a nice foil cover as well. And then... um, Another game I'm currently working on. I can't talk about it yet. Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2. Mm, Uh, I will be reviewing those next week, but it is nice to have all these retro titles in one place. I'll tell you what. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And then uh, last but not least... um, Tiny Build has released Guts to Glory for consoles. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, looking and, forward to this actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, th- this game is ridiculous. Uh in it you basically you're racing around these these open world environments trying to get from point A to point B with all these checkpoints and everything but all these obstacles get in the way to try to kill you. Like mm-hmm. there are ramps, there are there are saws on the end of things, there are cannons that shoot arrows at you, uh, just <laughs> er- landmines, it, it's ridiculous. Um, I found an interesting change though. Like you know, the console versions they're still intact in the PC, but the Switch version, there are no kids. Uh, it's all adults, which oh, means you know, so like you know, you have an old dude who's dragging an old woman in a wagon behind him, which makes no sense. But whatever. I mean, <laughs> if you, if you buy a game like this to kill kids anyway, something's wrong with you. Um, but I mean, th- this game is just as sadistic as the PC version. So if you really like that one, it's it's a lot of fun. It can be frustrating. The controls aren't perfect, and the graphics aren't the best. But I mean, if, if you're really looking to make people suffer, then this game is.
2: <laughs> 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 Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: So there you go. So yeah, I'm just working on a few retro games there. Uh, what about you, David? What have you
2: been? Uh, so what I've been playing. Um, so I I, you know, I actually beat like, a way out with with with, you know, with like a buddy of mine since the game is co-op only. So uh, I, I was actually r- really looking. Forward to kind of getting through this, so we were able to get through it in um, in like two days, basically. And um, yeah, it's 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 really fun. So it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's actually maybe the same person who did that game. Uh, uh, game uh, it's called it's called Brothers.
1: Yes, um, Brothers yeah. was
2: amazing. It, it was a really really good game. Yeah, I, re- I really love the, like, the fact that you play as like these two different characters, but individually with the sticks. So, you know, it's like one player. And in this, it's just like a forced co op adventure game, basically, like where you have to work together in order to kind of get through like a lot of the obstacles in the game. Um, so like it was just really neat, like especially the fact that you know it, you're able to play it online with someone, but it's, it' it's a lot more fun to play, it. like you know, it's like kind of like a couch co-op experience uh, where your base is kind of communicating with each other like right then and there as far as like what it is uh, that you're supposed to do like at any given situation. And it's really cool, like you know you're basically playing as like these two people breaking out of jail and then like what happens after they break out of jail. And then um, the the twist at the end, though, which I won't spoil, obviously, but the twist is amazing. It really sidelined me and my friend, uh, and it, it was just re- just really really cool. So I, I highly re- recommend it. Like if you know if you're playing with um, you know with, with like a friend or with like your significant other or whatever it might be, it's just a really 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 cool experience. So highly recommended. Um, and aside from that, too, I've been playing Octopath Traveler, um, which I'm kind of surprised that neither of you mentioned, actually, because it's kind of like the big, hot, like, Switch release right now.
1: I was kind of hoping to wait till I get through it because I'm still working on it.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm working through it right now, too. Like, I'm like 15 plus hours in the game. I want to say like 15 to wow. 20 hours right now. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. It's, um you know, obviously, like you have it like where uh, you you pick like between like eight characters as far as like who you want to start with. But then. You run across, like, the other characters who you could have started with, uh, like, along the way, pretty much. And you're able to still play, like, their, basically, like, their introductory chapter, pretty much, as far as, like, what, you know, what they're all about, like, what their story is, all that stuff. And then, like, add them to your party. And so, like, be- because you have, like, eight people, you could basically make, like a, like, a party of four out of that. You're, like, you know, you like, level them up. You go through, like, their stories. But uh, really, the the two things that really make this game special is the uh, the, the battle system. The battle system is really really good, uh, as well as the graphics too. The graphics are just like, absolutely amazing, just jaw dropping. Like what they do as far as like giving it kind of like the look and feel of a, of an SNES game. Uh, li- 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 they have, have like an SNES RPG game uh, if it was made today, basically. And mm. it's uh, it's just really really cool. Like the the combat system, as I mentioned before, uh, is like. It basically like has to like where you have to figure out like your enemy's weaknesses in order to kind of like break uh, break down like their shield and like their shield could be like anywhere between like one to I think I've seen up to four I want to say and mm-hmm. so once you break down their their shield they're basically uh, stunned and so from there that's when you want to like unleash like your big attacks pretty much so right. um, it's a lot of like balancing with uh, with like your move sets and like who does what especially like you know whoever you have like in your party. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with this game. This is a really, really great RPG. If you love SNES style RPG games, this is the game that you want to pick up for sure. It's really I, cool.
1: I agree. This is a nice return to form for the JRPG genre. And I believe it's the same team that worked on Lost Sphere, right?
2: I I don't know about that honestly. Um because I I know Lost Sphere as well as uh, I am Satsuna was made by um was it Tokyo RPG. Yeah. Player? I mean
1: I just didn't know because it, it sounded like a very similar vibe, so I didn't know if it was the same team or not. But it, it it is a great game regardless, and it's very cool to see how well it can Plus, it's sold out everywhere. If you, if you go to any sort of retailer or anything like that, you can mm-hmm. – I mean, seriously, a lot of people are sold out of it right now. You can't even find it on a retail shelf in Japan right now. You can't. I th- I think even on
0: Amazon, I think it's like on backorder there too. I think it's like a two-to-four mm-hmm. week, week wait for that one.
2: It's uh yeah, re- really lives up to uh, to like the hype honestly that, that that you know that I had for when I first heard about and first saw the visuals and the way that the game plays, and playing like the um there's like the two demos for it, uh, which which I, which I played like a bit of like for both of them, uh, just kind of get like a feel for the game and how the mechanics work. and uh, once you kind of figure out how the the battle mechanics work in the game, um it's a lot of fun. like i I'll, I'll, I'll tell like a quick story uh, where like like the last boss fight I had in the game um i was like doing really well and then all of a sudden i was on my my heels throughout like most of the fight like i had like the boss i think down to like the last fourth of his health basically and then I was in a situation like, where I basically had to heal on every turn and keep people alive and I had like a situation like where I had one character near death and the rest of them were down. So, <laughs> I had to kind of like just keep reviving people, keep people, you know, healed and luckily I had like enough like uh, healing spells and like, you know, and, and and like reviving like items and things like that to kind of keep keep my, you know, keep myself going in the fight. But I legit thought I was going to like lose the fight and it was, it was just like a fool's errand basically I just try to keep myself alive. I still did and I was still able to kind of like squeak myself through like in the fight. It was ridiculous, but it's one of the most satisfying uh, just like gaming moments I've had just recently. And like things like that is what you'll experience in Octopath Traveler. So highly recommend it. I, I can't recommend it enough. I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing more of it for sure.
1: Nice. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this though, David, which character did you start with? I kind of started with Cyrus.
2: Osiris, okay. I started with Theron uh, just because I, I am a big, uh, big like fan of like thief characters and like you know, kind of sneaky, stealthy characters. Basically, so I started off with Theron, um, and then I went with um, Hanet, I believe is like the hunter woman. Um, like afterwards, like I knew I wanted to get her. Um, I knew I wanted to get Primrose as well. So Primrose was like the third character who I got, and then the fourth character I wasn't quite sure who I wanted to get, but I knew I needed like healer basically out of all those characters. Um, so I went with. Um, whoever's the apothecarian guy, whatever, uh, like the one with kind of the blonde, like faux hawk, basically, uh, who's like super upbeat and like, like a really, just like a really cool dude as far as like his character is concerned. Um, just someone uh, who just is just like in the game, basically who wants to just, like help people. That's basically like his whole mission in life. Basically, is just to help people and heal them and all that stuff. Uh, so he he's a lot of fun to have on, and like he's um, he's uh, like a really cool voice and all that stuff. So yeah, I, again, that's I highly recommended. I, I won't go too too much longer on it, but uh, you know, to j- just go on, buy it, play it. It's just a lot of fun.
1: Welcome to the Octo Cast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It went
2: from the Persona Cast into the Octo Cast. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much all it is. Be like JRPGs all the time.
2: And if you can't
0: find it, I think they still have the demo on the Nintendo eShop.
2: I think they do, yeah. So at least you can kind of still experience it in that case. And uh, also, like, wh- what you do in that demo actually transi- transitions over to the full game, too. So if you like it, then you can keep going, basically, once you buy the full game. So, yeah, and th- that's going to lead us to a game code here to give away. Uh, I have a game code here for Lost Technology. I, I figure I kind of go with an anime-themed game, since we are going to be talking about anime games in this episode. Uh, so Lost Technology is a simulation game in which over 100 characters comprising a total of 12 different factions battle to conquer each other's territories the faction chosen at the beginning will determine the conversations and events that occur throughout the game between the player and the other factions so if that sounds like your jam then definitely jump on this this is a steam code the code is six v t w m i four seven n z eight m six xv again that's lost technology on steam enjoy
1: Welcome back to the stage of history.
2: So, with that, we have the stage of history, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot for better or for worse in the pantheons of history. So, again, being anime games and everything, I figure we'll start off with Dragon Quest 8 So, yeah, this is a 2005 RPG by Level Five. It was the first game in the franchise to use fully 3D environments and character models. It was the first English language entry in the the series to drop the Dragon Warrior name, and Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama uh, was responsible for the art design, so um really really cool game Um, i've I've only played like a little bit of it i own the 3ds version in order to like experience it i just haven't played it yet but it might be something i'll have to kind of go to like after octopath travel just kind of like keep that rpg buzz going so yeah Um, so evan obviously with your with your reaction there when i first mentioned the name what is your experience with dragon quest 8
0: i remember playing a little bit of it. When I was in college, but I will tell you that what I did experience with that has been one of the best experiences with Dragon Quest. A lot of people will actually say that Dragon Quest Eight is the best in the series thus far. Nothing has ever been able to top what they were able to accomplish in that one. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. I played. I think I played it for like three hours when I was in college. But then my my dorm mate had to take over again, and I never got to touch it again
2: uh okay well something hopefully to go back to maybe on the 3ds version or if you still have like a ps2 or whatever to kind of play it oh all. yeah
0: i'll probably maybe i'll look it up at the 3ds version
2: yeah for sure for sure uh how about you there Have ever played it at all
1: i have not normally i'm not a dragon quest guy but uh this one did look appealing when i first checked it out so uh, i may i may pop back to it one of these days you know especially with dragon quest 11 coming around maybe that'll spark my interest back in the series again so once that comes up maybe i'll just go back and take a look at the classic games then i i just you know not much of a dragon quest guy but i can totally get the vibe it was going for so
2: yeah, mm. for for sure. I mean, like I want to say like the Dragon Quest game I played the most was Dragon Warrior, like the original one on, on the NES. It's <laughs> just because like, yeah, yes. that's just, so it's just it's just like the one I own, basically. Um, but yeah, I, I did pick up D- D- Dragon Quest eight on, on, on the 3DS, as, as I mentioned before, and um, I'm really looking forward to kind of diving into that because it does look really cool. And I've heard great things about it. Um, and what little I have played of the game I've, 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 you know, I've been impressed by, so I've, I've no reason but to play it now at this point. So, um, but yeah, one game that I have definitely played the hell out of, and Robert definitely knows this is Persona 4, yeah, um, which Persona is a game. 2008 <laughs> RPG by Atlas An enhanced remaster called Persona 4. Golden was released for PlayStation Vita in 2012, a 25 episode anime adaptation was also released in 2012. And this particular entry in the franchise spawns spin-off fighting games and rhythm and a rhythm game as well so um uh, with like a, was it uh, arena and arena Ultimax and um was it dancing all night I believe the the, the rhythm game is called yeah that but dancing all night dancing all night yeah so like the, the, you know the, that's really cool I, you know I, I played all those games and they're all like really good and they they really um they really kind of like enhance like the persona four experience you just like love those characters and just kind of playing them but in like different genre of games obviously. Um, so, Robert, I figure I'll get you out of the way here first. What's your experience with Persona 4?
1: Really? <laughs> no, I mean, I, unfortunately, I never really got into the chance to get into Persona 4 as much as I wanted to. Um, at the time of its release, I know I had a huge fan base and a lot of people were talking about it, but I just, I didn't have the time. You know I was, I was doing stuff for AOL at the time and I didn't have a chance to catch up to it but a it's lot a of very
2: players. evolved game like it's a hundred plus hour games
1: so. oh yeah I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure what it was is like people went through it for 100 hours of persona four and then golden came out I'm gonna do another hundred you know here we go I'll do the piling you,
2: you have those people too yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely not cases yeah you people are not um, <laughs> no I, I know it's got a great style that people got into and it, it's great that it evolved so well from Persona 4 golden to dancing on night to persona Five. I mean, this is one of those series Atlas takes superb care of. So one of these days I will get back and do that as well. One of these days.
2: For sure. How about you there, Evan?
0: Um, I've never played Persona 4, but I have played Persona 4 Ultimax, and I really enjoyed myself playing
2: that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, if, 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 like, if you like those and if you like those characters like from Ultimax, then you'll definitely want, want to go back to Persona 4 Golden uh, for, for, you know, for sure. Like It's basically like the game that made me want to get a Vita. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, that was like I, the one game I got for it. I'm actually yeah.
0: surprised that since, you know, the Vita didn't do so well here in America, that they didn't release Golden like on PS3 or as a download on PlayStation 4 or something like that.
2: Mm, yeah. Cause I, I think like the only way that you can play it on like your TV at least is through PSTV. Yeah, um, you know, if you actually have that, <laughs> pretty much. So. Um, but two it,
1: games it'll run. Yeah, perfect.
2: Exactly. Yeah, which which happens to be Persona Four Golden be, be, be being one of them. So, yeah. um, but it, it is it is really good. Like to kind of go back to like it, honestly, like it was my entry into the Persona series, pretty much. And so, I, you know, from that, I went back to Persona Three, played that, and like the, the games. The games are very loosely connected. Like it's it's all kind of connected in the same world, and they make references to things like some supporting characters here and there. Um, But you, you definitely don't need to go through the games in any sort of order and you can kind of skip around if you want to. Um, so yeah, with like Persona 4, that got me hyped to play Persona 3, and then from there, Persona 5 got like announced, and I was just like, just hyped for that, and obviously, mm. Robert knows or like listeners of the show know that I was like all about Persona 5 pretty much when that came out, so.
1: Yeah, yeah I- I'll tell you, like my favorite moment from like one of the podcasts last year, I was uh, we were sitting there like, what's game of the year? Uh, uh, David was about saying I was like, it's, t- it's it's Persona. He's like what are you talking about? Fake news! I, I didn't know what you're talking about, so what is the game of the year? It's Persona 5. I knew it! <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah we'll fake out so. <laughs> yeah
1: you yeah, to make out my ass i knew <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah it is it is that amazing of a series and honestly you know as much as i love i love persona 5 persona 4 is you know still kind of squeaks it out ahead of it like for like for me at least uh just because i love those characters so much and i love the music so much too and like you know that's not to say that the characters and the music in persona 5 are you know are, are any worse um you know it's just really kind of like a personal preference thing i think uh because like those characters in persona 4 are, like the relationships that they develop and it's just uh it's just an amazing game and like it, especially like with um what happens with uh what's his name ryuji i want to say he's kind of like the tough guy basically in, in the game um his his whole backstory is really interesting and like what they explore as far as like what you find out about him like when you go into his dungeon his true self and all that stuff um, is something that you just don't see explored in gaming. Period. Um, as far as like you know, what he's all about. Like, I won't spoil it or anything for people who haven't played it. But it, like, his whole backstory is super intriguing. His, as well as um, not Na- uh, who's kind of like the um, the like detective uh, character. Basically, he's like the, he's, he's like the last character who you get in your party. But uh, her whole backstory is really interesting too. Like her, her and Ryuji are. Like, really, really solid as far as like just characters in video games, period. Um, so, just highly, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't rec- recommend it highly enough. It's, it's just a good, great game. So, definitely pick it up if you can.
0: Now, does Nautil have the uh, ability to have giant robots pop out of her forehead? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, not as far as I know.
0: So.
2: <laughs> I don't know what kind of fan fiction day. you're reading there, Evan, but. <laughs> it's wow. a coolie reference. That's going to lead us now into Obscura.
1: All right. Well, you know, while you guys are picking, you know, games that are super inspired by anime, I'm going to go to the old school, and I'm going to pick Ordine. Uh, Orodyne is a shooter that was released by Namco back in 1988. It was originally released in Japan, but then found a U.S. release and also came to the Turbo Graphics in 1990. In the game, which is a side-scrolling shooter with an anime style to it, you take control of genius scientist Yuichiro Tomari and his Chinese assistant Sunday Chin as they fly through a number of stages, picking up unique power-ups and trying to save a beautiful girl from distress. Uh, the game has... This is one of those Namco sleepers that I really wanted to see more releases of, but I'll tell you what, it came out for Turbo Graphics and then years later it was included in Namco Museum Volume 4 for the Sony PlayStation alongside uh, Assault and a couple other games. And I really, really enjoy Ord. It's got a great art style to it. The power ups are you, you go into the power-up shop and it, it's its a lady, you know, speaking Japanese to you. Oh dear, you know. I don't know what I just bought, but it's a giant flame gun, I guess, you know. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> and then there was another uh, Dream Company limited uh, bonus round where you shoot out marbles at an extended rotating target of a big white-handed robot. That was kind of goofy as well. So it's got the anime style nailed down. Um, the last release this game saw was on the Wii Virtual Console back in May 2007. I think it's due for a re-release. I honestly wanted to see this game with the Namco Museum Collection on Switch. I mean, we didn't get that, but uh, we, you know, we got Spider-House and Rolling Thunder too, so whatever but this is a fun little game i have really enjoyed this one of my favorite more most character laden shooters uh not to mention the fact that the turbo graphics port was really well done because they actually figured out a way to do the rotational effects at the time you really couldn't do that in the turbo graphics so they did a good job with that so uh i don't know have either of you guys ever played Ordine?: this is actually the
2: first i've heard of it to be honest Same for me, like I haven't really really heard about it, honestly, but it it does kind of give me some Parodius vibes a little bit, but it doesn't seem quite as insane as Parodius is.
1: (laughs) No, I would say it's definitely a cartoon style shooter and it's got a little bit of goofiness to it, but it's definitely not Parodius level goofy. Um, I'd say it's something probably between, um, I don't know, maybe a mix between Parodius and kind of our type in a way. Because okay. of the power ups and stuff, so uh, yeah, Makes I mean, I, I definitely recommend it. Go go look up a video. You'll see what kind of goofy anime style that this this game has. So yeah, definitely uh, check it out. Ordine is uh, obscure, you know, and that's kind of weird. I think that's one of the first times that I've dug up an obscure game that neither uh, the guest nor my co-host have ever played. Wow.
2: Yeah, or even like uh, heard of in this case. <laughs> I know, seriously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> go, go, look, go look it up. Go look up a video. I'll wait.
2: I know, uncultured swine us here. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to lead us now into our main topic here, which is all about anime themed games and history. So this isn't just like games that are based on anime or like, you know, or like with, with like anime movies or anything like that. This is basically like for all games that adopt some kind of like anime art style or like, you know, any sort of style, basically, in that case. So. Um, I figured we'd kind of like start off like the conversation, basically, on you know, why the anime art style works so well on games, and also how it can go wrong as well. So, Evan, I, I figure like I'll have you like start off, you know, being like our resident anime expert, basically, among us here. Uh, as far as like w- w- why the anime art style works well in games, and what are some examples like that they, that you can remember, like where it just goes wrong?
0: Um, for ones that really worked well for me, and I'm actually going to start off by looking into the GameCube era. What uh, are the games that came out? And I know this was a for the Dreamcast, but the anime style of Skies of, Arc- uh, Skies of Arcadia Legends uh, oh, yeah. the anime the animations the anime style and look is what initially dragged me into buying the game in the first place, and I was just immensely in love with the whole aspect of it. And um, another game that I felt I felt did it much better on the GameCube, and I think it came out for PlayStation Two as well, was the first Tales of Symphonia game. Yeah, I felt like those two titles um, showcased how to do the anime style very, very well. Um, In regards to anime-based games that didn't do the style too well, um, I mean it's kind of cheating, but I would say uh, I remember there being a this is like a Japan-only release, but there was a Dragon Ball Z game that came out for the NES and trying to do the whole anime aspect of dragon ball z in an eight-bit system it it's impossible to really pull off and it showed why it's impossible
1: you're very limited the limitations of the
2: the console itself in that case yeah even
1: even without the console limitations though we we saw a fair share of bad dragon ball games over the years like dragon ball gt final bout yes Dragon Ball ultimate battle Battle 22 i mean there there are a couple of games you know that, that they they sold really well and I believe Final Belt was a big rarity on PlayStation for the longest time like over 200 bucks yeah. on eBay but they mm. were pretty bad compared to like some of the more current stuff we've gotten like Fighter Z and Xenoverse you know it, they were just kind of shallow beat em ups that didn't really dig into the style of anime like they should have
0: so um I think one of the ones that still stands out to me is one of the very best was On the Game Boy Advance, it came out with Astro Boy, Omega Factor. And not only was this Mm. a great video game that paid tribute to the history of Astro Boy, but it also had all the other characters from Osama Tezuka's uh, star system. You had Blackjack, you had the Amazing 3, you had Kim Mm. of the White Lion show up, you had Phoenix. It was legit like a huge love letter to everything that Tezuka gave the anime and manga industry in my honest opinion i still think that might be one of the greatest anime based video games ever made and it's still tragic that it's never gotten like a special re-release on like you know in a virtual console setting or even in a special collection from sega because sega Really knocked it out of the ballpark when it came to making that one, and which is why I'm really excited that they are now in control of the Fist of the North Star series. Not to mention the Yakuza developers are making that game, and holy shit, you know it's gonna be amazing!
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. it it really is. And I'll tell you, you know, Sega at the time they, they really knew their stuff when it came to like certain games on the Genesis. I mean, if we're gonna talk about anime and anime style let me do anime style first i think gunstar heroes should be up there
2: no gunstar
1: heroes definitely has a great anime style to it i almost wanted to see an actual anime featuring Mm. the gunstar heroes and their characters but if we're going to talk about anime based games there is an overlooked favorite by the same team, by Treasure, that I think is still worth, worth recommending, and that is Yu Yu Hakusho Makyu Toitsusen, which is probably a game neither of you have heard of. But it no, is I actually four- played the emulator of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a four-player <laughs> beat-em-up, and it's an amazingly well done. It, it, it's sort of like a precursor of what we were expecting from Guardian Heroes, almost, in, in terms of setting up the fights and everything. Uh, it was really well done. I mean, I really wanted a U.S. release, uh, it was published in Brazil as Yu Yu Hakusho Sunset Fighters. And I would have accepted that, even though it sounds like Sunset Riders, whatever. <laughs> I would have taken it still. And, you know, I think it was translated to English in 2007 uh, through an emulator. I think that might be where you probably played yeah, it. Right?
0: That, yeah, but I think back then, when it came to anime-based video games, the only one that really came out for in America, to my knowledge, was Rama 1 Half Hard Battle, which was a yeah. d- decent fighting game.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it, it was a good one i think there was also a dragon ball game and it's being included with the nintendo switch version of dragon ball fighter z uh i believe it was uh, i have to look up the name here real quick um but it was like it's a game that you can download alongside fighter z when it comes out in september uh, i think the name of it was super oh, uh, Butoden.
2: super, yeah, super yeah.
1: Butoden, sorry uh, oh, nice. I should have had that on hand, but yeah. So, I mean, like I know that came out, but it was like, this was very late. Cause you know, we had a bunch of dragon ball Z games come out before then. And a bunch of other anime games that didn't get a chance in the U S market. And I think Rama half was kind of a gamble because it's like, well, what if nobody ever heard of Rama half and oh, what's with this pervert that keeps dumping and in, jumping into somebody's boots, you know? <laughs>
2: right. Right. Um, it doesn't so, have the same cache as I like, say, like a dragon ball game for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: but hard battle was like one of those key steps and bringing more anime based games to the US. You know, I, it was a gamble that really paid off. I, I believe it was for um, who, who published it? Ocean, I believe it was, or uh, DTMC. DTMC, and, yeah. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a really well done port. I think they, they only toned down some slight things with it, but other than that, they kept most of the characters intact, most of its goofiness intact. So, I mean, that, that was the way to do it. I mean, nowadays, you know, we rarely see an anime game that doesn't mimic the style of the series that's based on in fact like bandai namco they go out to hire the actors to get the animators to to do all this stuff so it is so close to the anime it's almost like watching an episode just ask anybody who's watched dragon ball Z in action it almost looks like you're watching one of the fights from Mm. the show
2: they really kind of nail down as far as like the look of like the show and like we've been seeing that more lately you know especially with like the south park games too like where games just kind of like look exactly like where the source material, is, you know where the source source material is in this case with Dragon Ball Fighters, it looks exactly like the show in a lot of ways. Um, so, like a lot of props there too, like access uh, to, to our system works there uh, for that. But um, even like before then with you know with, with like um with like the dragon Ball games that kind of came before then you, you mentioned there with like final bout, i I played a lot of Final bout with like my, with like a friend of mine that's just because it basically looked as much like the show as possible back then um obviously going back to it now it's very rough around the edges it was rough around the edges before anyway um but it was kind of like well this is the best that we got right now so we're kind of excited the fact that we can play us all these like different dragon ball characters and do all the special moves and whatnot oh so.
1: david that, that's that's like eating wheaties because you can't get lucky charm <laughs>
2: <laughs> fair enough fair enough well, um, yeah, at least,
0: well at least it's still better than dragon ball ziki that came out for the Kinect on 360.
1: Oh so, yeah. Why no, would you no do that? go there? Why? <laughs> you wanted some oh. terrible examples.
0: Just popped into my head. I'm
1: smart. Yeah, that's well, let's true. get let's get back to the good examples, the stuff that took us off, uh, that, that that we didn't really expect. Like for instance, sort of the Berserk for Dreamcast. Yes, yes! I that loved it so minute. much wow. more than the PS4 version because the PS4 version of Berserk felt just like an, another Warriors game. But yeah, you know, Berserk uh, actually uh, felt like it put you to work. I really well.
0: Well, I felt like the Berserk game that came out for PS4, it, I know it still wasn't as great as Sword of the Berserk, but it still had the Berserk attitude. I mean you're I just like around killing. You're killing, Guts is killing everything, just like in the anime. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But I, I, I think I just prefer the slower, more creepy style of Sword of the Berserk. I, I mm-hmm. think that was a little closer to the anime, but you're right. I mean, he he still kills everything. That's the yeah. point of the anime. He kills everything. I mean, like, <laughs>
2: yes. you know, like kill characters in Sword of the Berserk though is like so satisfying because of those like deep guttural sounds that you would make, like every time you're you're sore connected with people and obviously you're, like, you're carrying around this huge claymore sword basically and just like slicing people through them. like when you go into like rage mode basically and you're just like slicing people in half like left and right. Uh, it is, there, there's nothing more satisfying in that game than like, you know, those moments. So it, mm-hmm. th- 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 that's definitely a good, call, th- good callback there, Robert. Um, I also have to make mention too, with, um with a Chrono Trigger, obviously like it's a very anime style game, also a mm-hmm. game uh, where the art design was done by Akira Toriyama. Um, and uh, that really shines through too. Like when you're seeing the anime cutscenes that they added in for the PS1 version, you're uh, really kind of brought that game to life as far as like, just kind of making it feel like a show basically that you're, that you're watching as well as, you know, as well as a game that you're playing too. Uh, So it's just really cool, you know, really, really cool to see that. Um, Obviously with like the persona games too, specifically with, uh, with like three, four and five, they kind of like added in like a lot more of like, you know, character into, you know, into all the characters who you play as in those games. And, um, you know, the, the anime kind of like style kind of really lends itself to like with like as far as like how the story plays out too. The, it feels like an anime that you're watching as well as kind of like going through it, um, you know, game-wise. Um, and, aside, and aside from that too, I, to, I you know, I also have to mention with the Pokemon series, like obviously that spawned like the popular show oh, yeah, and like, you know, the games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the games are very popular in their own right, you know, still popular in their own right. And um, yeah, it, it's just one of those games that obviously kind of like transcends anime in a lot of cases. It's, it's just like a phenomenon basically as far as like just you know, cross cultures and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, that's one that I, I certainly have to mention too. It's just, you know, it's, it's just a you know, really, really cool series. And like the, the, uh, the, the TV show, like really kind of followed suit with it too. Like I, I had my Pokemaniac times uh, back when Blue and Red came out and that was pretty much it for me. So
0: <laughs> I was in the same boat too. I, I was collecting those games. But the one game one that I really wanted to touch on when I, was th- when I was talking about the Berserk one, I was starting to think of Koi Tecmo. And then Attack on Titan came to mind. Ah, uh, yes. The Attack on Titan video games having far better Spider-Man-styled mechanics than any Spider-Man game has ever been done.
1: I agree. I mean, especially Attack on Titan, too. I think that actually improves a little bit upon the original in oh, terms yeah. of, like, gameplay feel, uh, diversity, characters. And, in fact, you can play it on the Switch. I, I love you can play it on this one, because otherwise I was going to import the Vita version. Because the Vita mm. version came out in Japan, we're not getting wow. that version. I know, so that's like one you add to your import list. There you go. Yeah. But uh, I think the interesting thing is like how companies treat these franchises. It's really good. Like Bandai Namco, they gave us a really wonderful. Gundam game called Gundam Versus. Yes. That I absolutely right. love. But then they shit all over it with new Gundam Breaker, which was terrible. I was like, <laughs> We're going, we're going back to Wheaties. What are we doing? You know, was, and by the way, I don't I don't hate Wheaties. I just, <laughs> You're just shitting on <laughs> Wheaties throughout
2: this episode. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's the name of the episode, shitting on Wheaties. Yeah. Um shit on Your no Wheaties. No, <laughs> no Wheaties. But before that before that we had uh, Koi Tecmo's Dynasty Warriors Gundam games, which I thought were pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know they followed the Warriors format, but it was kind of interesting how like some companies end up with franchises that we didn't think would happen here. Like, I believe it was Jump Superstars that somehow found a U.S. release after being popular for the longest time for what a couple of years there, mm-hmm. and now, and then of yeah. course next year we're getting Jump Force too, which is mm-hmm. which looks awesome, and I want to see what Ryuku does in that because seriously, mm-hmm. but remember, <laughs> do you guys remember when Ubisoft picked up the Naruto license and they actually yeah, produced that was one? That weird. Two- it was weird, but Rise of a Ninja was a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, The Broken Bond not so much, but Rise of a Ninja. There was something about that game that just really struck me compared to, like, say, the Shippuden games. I, I don't know what it is, just something that game really stood out compared to the other Naruto games at the time. Maybe it's just me, but I thought it was really
0: cool. Uh, I would say that the two Naruto games that I remember like loving the most were *Road to Ninja* two for the GameCube and. More, more recently, I would say Ultimate Ninja Storm 3 for the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. The, those were like the games that showed me that you could really capture the anime style of uh, of it, basically anime in a video game way before Fighter Z came out. And speaking of which, uh, uh, it made me think of um the game Azura's Wrath came out for Xbox 360. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, 3. yeah, 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 it's a good callback there, yeah. Which is an amazing. Like, this is one of those games where you can pass the controller around, have with your friends, watch it and play it. it it's basically an interactive anime.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: very, very, very quick time heavy for sure. Like, so like it, quick it, it, time it, heavy, yes, it, but it just got.
0: felt so good. Oh, yeah. Ultimate
1: power. Yeah, yeah. It's nice when the game takes you surprised by that. And it kind of brings up another one, a fighting game for PS1 called Tobol Number no. 1. Oh, uh, yeah. Featuring, yeah. featuring art design by Akira Toriyama. Uh, uh, toyama I'm sorry, I can't. Yes. Yeah, you I got it, get it right. I got it right. Yay. Uh, <laughs> but no, it featured characters designed by him, and it was actually a fun little um, 3D brawling game. This, this is at a time in which the market saw a lot of those, you know, like stuff like Star Gladiator and stuff. But this game was just really distinctive, and it came from Square Enix, a company you normally wouldn't expect to make a good fighting game at the time. So it kind of made me sad we didn't get Tobol number 2 on these shores because I heard that was so much better than the first, like more characters, more stuff. You know, I really wanted to see that.
2: Um, uh, but yeah, so the, you know, the, we, you know, we also had like a lot of like a uh, listener responses too, like who, uh, you know, who, who had, you know, had like a number of games here, uh, you know, that kind of adopt that anime art style as well. Uh, starting off with Alfred Perez who says space invaders 95, um, which I have to show you guys like an image here, which I shared, uh, to Alfred here, uh, which is basically the character select screen. And I want you guys to tell me and I'm just going to upload this now. I want you guys to tell me Ooh. what 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 is it that that character on the top right is driving? <laughs>
1: They're drawing a toilet, David. It just says toilet. It says as exactly. clear as day, a toilet. Okay. Yeah, what it I want to know toilet. is <laughs> what
2: what's... It's toilet two. Toilet, toilet two, more okay. specifically. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: What I want to know what's the dude in the upper left corner doing? Like, because his feet are completely unprotected. They're just shoes.
2: Just I'm gonna shoes, stomp yeah. on them.
1: Yeah, they're just shoes. Everything <laughs> else is perfect, but the shoes.
2: It kind of yeah. looks like a mecha slime, like from um, from my like Dragon Quest. Actually,
0: <laughs> it looks like the shoes that belong to the California.
2: That's it, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, I get that. Like place how, you know.
1: how do we know that's not pen pen underneath that armor? Just right
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that was a good one there. And we also have Kennedy here, it says Lupin the third, Parodius, Twin B, G- Goemon, um, and also SDF Macross. Cotton and there are others, he says. So wow. yeah, there's a, a lot of different ones there.
1: I, I remember the cotton shooters; those were actually a lot of fun. It remind oh, me yeah. of that one shooter on Sega CD. uh What was it? Popful. Hang on.
2: Oh, Popful Mail or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, Popful Mail, because that was kind of anime style too, wasn't it?
2: Very much so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's absolutely. a good
1: pick too. We should have brought that up, but now we
2: yeah. And now we did exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's also Scott Bradley who says uh, Shonen Jump J Stars really covers a ton of my favorite. Uh, yes. Alex McCumbers here says, I really enjoyed Gundam Battle Assault 2. Um, our buddy Thor Thorvaldson uh, he says, to answer your question, Pocky and Rocky, Bonk's Adventure.
1: Ooh, Ooh right. yeah. I didn't think of Bonk.
0: Yeah, that's a good I series. didn't think of Pocky
1: and Rocky. That's a good series, too.
2: That's that's definitely, yeah. It's, a, it's a definitely very anime, too. Uh, Parodius for sure, and the Ranma Half and Dragon Ball Z fighting games that came out for Super Famicom, which we did mention here earlier. Yeah uh aaron Nieme- uh, N- N- Nemeyer, i believe is how you pronounce it uh says robotech so i don't know if you guys played any of the robotech games oh the gamecube one was fantastic
1: oh battle cry absolutely that was- yes <laughs> loved it loved it
2: Loved it. yeah gotta get some mech love in there uh Je- james mclaughlin who says wild arms one and two that was a good one there mm-hmm uh, also, also Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, Dragon Quest series. Uh there's more, but their names escape me at the time. So there's, there's some definitely good ones there, especially with Wild Arms. We, we definitely missed some Wild Arms there. Um Lee Pasquale, who says Mystical Ninja and Popful Male. That's the game that we that we just figured out there, Robert. Um also AJ Narcana, who says for sheer style chutzpah, the world ends with you. Yes. Ooh, yeah. I, uh...
0: Yeah. We have a friend who worked on the soundtrack to The World Ends With You, uh, Sawakato, who uh, actually does the song Twister in the soundtrack.
1: Ooh, okay. Oh, now Here we definitely go. got to get the Switch version of that one. Oh, gonna oh be absolutely. Fun. I can't wait for that. I forgot
2: I was coming for Switch. Yeah, it's a good one to pick up. So, uh, Justin Moriarty says Burning Rangers, Rockman X4, Rockman Ooh. 8, uh, Dragon Ball Final Bout, which you mentioned, and uh, here's another good one here too. King of Fighters ninety eight, the Dreamcast version. Um, Ooh, which that's
0: actually a good choice.
2: It, it is, yeah, because like it immediately m- made me think of that animation that plays before the game starts. And it is actually a really cool bit of like old school anime that kind of plays out, especially when you see like Hiyori and Kyos kind of fighting in like a back alley pretty much. Um and I, I used to watch that all the time as a kid, like you know, when they had that game in Dreamcast. It's a uh, it's, it's really, really good one, honestly.
1: You know, it's kind of funny how you rec- how you talk about Rockman X4 because the one thing I can not talk about Mega Man X Legacy I can probably talk about a couple of things, but it has mm-hmm. the anime style sequences from X four through X eight. Yes. Ooh,
2: yeah, which is awesome.
1: So. Yeah, definitely work- Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Manny Rivera, who says, got it on the SNES G- Gokujo uh, par- uh, Goku Parodius, uh, who says, love that game, especially playing with Kid Boku Dracula. And you know, you know how much I love, love Kid Dracula. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they got some love there. Uh, Rafael Gonzalez Allen, who says, Super Robot Tyson. So I don't know if you guys play that at all.
1: I have not, but I'll definitely look it up. I'm surprised nobody's mentioned Mischief Makers yet, because that's oh, definitely yeah. anime style. Um,
0: yeah. I'm actually surprised no one's mentioned Skullgirls yet either. Yeah,
1: no, seriously, because that's yeah. actually yeah. yeah, that's very anime style. Or for that matter, maybe even a little bit of dark uh, Darkstalkers.
2: There's also Justin Pinter who says Nino Cooney, inspired by Studio Ghibli, has an awesome art style. So I'm sure you guys play that as well.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, very absolutely.
2: Cool. Yeah. And uh finally here, Vincent Gallopin, um, who says Snatcher. So of course I had to throw <laughs> that in there, Robert. Yeah, when um, when he, when
1: he <laughs> said that, I was like, David, of course I approve. of course of course
2: it's snatcher yeah i i was not thinking of snatcher but that was definitely good good pickup there and um you know certainly one that i'm still pledging for konami to do to to do like a re-release of at some point but i think that bad blood between them and Kano- or and, and um and kojima is just gonna keep that in the shell for uh, for now so
0: same with all the zone of the ender games. Ex-
2: exactly mm, yeah that course. too that too so uh but yeah thanks thanks to everyone there who uh, you know who contributed with their favorite anime style game so, so you know some really really good ones there so thanks again for everyone with that and uh that's gonna lead us now into a game code for me here robert
1: well with sonic mania plus out i have an original code to give away this not include the encore dlc but you could buy it for 4.99 and get the sonic mania plus experience for a great price uh this is for xbox one the code is mqycm399dvp9kwp9rkf33kwyz that is for sonic mania on xbox one and enjoy
2: Mm, those those yeah. Xbox One codes are, are always so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'll tell you this: Sonic Mania Plus also has those animated scenes.
2: Oh yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a good those call there. As well. thank you. Choose your
2: character. That's going to lead us now into random select. So this is a yes or no, fifteen question game to guess which video game character that I am this week. Um, so basically, this is going to be a um, a game or a character from from a game that we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, also, uh, if after five questions that you guys don't get it, then you know I'll give the first hint. If after ten questions you don't get it, you, you don't get it, I'll give the second hint. And if after fifteen questions you guys don't get it, then it's game over, as Raoul Giulio would say. And uh, so yeah, it's basically gonna be uh, Evan and Robert as a team. So whenever you guys want to start, you can go right ahead with the first question.
1: Evan, I'll let you go ahead first since you're the expert here. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, does the main character have blonde hair?
1: No. Hmm. Is your character from a popular anime video game? Hmm.
2: Um you might want to uh, describe a bit like what you mean by a popular anime? Oh,
1: okay. Um well, <laughs> I didn't realize I had to marry my yes or no question. Um hmm. All right, let, me, let me try this. Did your character appear in a Super Nintendo anime? Yes. Okay. Um
0: did your character appear in a Dragon Ball video?
1: No. Did your character appear in a Ramah Hat video game? No. Wow. Dang. I mean, how many how many anime, anime Super Nintendo games are there? Mm. Hang on. Well, what's well, this mean, a
0: game that was ever released in America?
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, so that that's five right there. And I, I should I, I should really um, explicitly say too when when you say anime Super Nintendo game, I mean like an anime style. Uh, oh,
1: not, okay. Not, no, not no. based
2: on a specific anime. I, I shouldn't. Okay, should thank, thank you for
1: clarifying because I was going to get Thank absolutely,
2: you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so that, you know, that's five right there. So my first hint is silence is golden. Well, is, uh, silence is golden.
0: Was the character in a side scroller beat up? No. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry,
1: Oh, good. Damn you! Damn you. <laughs> um, let's see. Was your is your character in a Super Nintendo role playing game? Yes. Okay, there we go. Hmm.
0: Was your character in a game with character designs by Akira Toriyama?
2: Yes.
1: Hmm. I just couldn't figure out what game that is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, we did mention a few games with Oh uh, you you, the you did, game. you did. I think I have a guess. Hang on. <laughs> Cause it's been a while since I've actually played it. Um hmm. Is your character in Chrono Trigger?
2: Yes.
0: Okay,
1: we're on the right track.
0: Is your character chrono?
2: Yes. Good nice there. Guys. <laughs> I was about to
1: say it can't be the frog because picked- we did.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, I figure I go I'll go with Chrono here since we're gonna be mentioning with An style games and I figure with Toriyama's work all over this, then it'll be a good one to kind of pick. So um so yeah, silence is golden because he's you know he's a silent protagonist in Chrono Trigger. But also the second hint here is it's not a question on where I have been in my adventures, but when. So I'll say like with the you know, with the reference to time travel there for the game. So oh, right, right. Yeah. So awesome job there, guys. We're getting Chrono there from Chrono Trigger. So, uh, yeah, so we nailed that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much um, our cast episode 120 Ooh, in the book. But, but, so, uh, but, but before you go,
1: before yeah. you go, there are, <laughs> how dare you? Um, no, um, <laughs> I actually have a couple of quick news stories. Uh, first off, for those of you who've been patiently waiting, Hot Wheels is officially releasing Mario Kart toys. Uh, they'll be releasing these Woo! little five yeah they'll be releasing these little five dollar uh, toys in uh, june 2019 it's going to be a while but if you're at san diego comic-con this weekend you can see them at the mittel booth or nintendo's booth um they feature mario bowser princess peach luigi um Rosalind, and and some other different characters rosalina sorry Uh, And yeah, they'll be on June 2019, but uh, you can actually use them on Hot Wheels racetrack so you can create your own real-life Mario Kart without the freaking frustration of those damn terms.
2: Now, Uh, does Luigi have the Luigi Death Star like in the the figure as well? He
1: (laughs) he does not, but maybe we'll get a very... We
2: should. I think we should.
1: Uh And then um, the other thing... Is that uh, a while back, David? We talked about Sega Ages games uh, coming out for Nintendo Switch, basically covering the classic spectrum of, like, you know, Sega Genesis, Master System, possibly Dreamcast, and Sega Saturn. Well, we're happy to report that the first two games in the Sega Ages series will be out in Japan this August, with a US release to possibly follow. According to Famitsu Magazine, Sonic the Hedgehog and Thunder Force 4, also known as Lightning Force, will be out in August. They'll be priced at 925 yen each, which is roughly about eight bucks or so. Mm. And uh, they have a little extras. The Sonic version will have the 3DS uh, added Spin Dash, as well as the Mega Play Arcade version, while Thunder Force 4 will have on leaderboard, as well as the sticks mode from the Sega Saturn edition. So it sounds like M2, or whoever's handling these games, I believe it's M2, is going all out to make these the best uh, recreations of the games for Nintendo Switch. I am personally excited because yeah. I, I, you know, it's great to have the original Sonic come in after Sonic Mania Plus, and I'm a sucker for Lightning Force or Thunder Force in general. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: we and, know more, uh, more, more, more like Thunder Force in our lives, I think. So. Yep. Yeah.
1: And then <laughs> supposedly following after that, each month uh, Sega will release more. Obviously, Alex Kidd, Miracle World, Game Ground, and Fantasy Star will follow down the line, possibly with others to be announced.
2: I'll keep my fingers crossed for a fancy star online release down the road. So oh, <laughs> everybody Yeah. So wants... cool. yeah. Especially that, the second man. one. The second one, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It'd be, be, be nice to kinda of get that state side. So yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if there's anything that you want to throw out there, Evan, as far as like where people can find you and like social media and all that stuff.
0: You can find most of my anime and manga-based stuff on b3crew.com. That's bostonbashbrigade.com. com. Um, you can find all my video game review stuff on Electric Sisterhood at ESH.co or ElectricSisterhood.com. Uh, you can like the of Bass Brigade and the Land of Ash on Facebook on their respective names. And you can follow me on Twitter and on the J-Pop, Anime, and Video Games Amino pages at KingBabyDuckESH. Uh, every other Tuesday on the Boston Bass Brigade page, you can hear my No Borders, No Race J-Pop and Alternative Podcast show and every other Thursday over at the Nerdy Show Network, you can hear me as part of the Wicked Anime crew. Um, got some really cool things coming up very shortly. Uh, if you go into the B3 Crew website right now, you can read interviews that I did with the pillows and noodles. Um, with You can hear my interview I did with iconic folk punk singer Frank Turner. And hopefully, very, very soon you'll hear an interview that I did with an amazing up-and-coming J-pop artist, Emi Kusuno, the front woman for a kick-ass retro J-pop group called Satellite Young. If you're into like old-school anime theme songs, this band you would absolutely love all their songs sound like something that would be perfect for an opening for either an action anime or even an anime rom-com from the 80s or early 90s nice
2: uh, yeah i i do have to say evan that like your like interviews with like musicians and everything especially you know when like the j-pop realm and everything is i i just don't see people really focus in on that that's a really great niche they were able to kind of get you know to to, to form for yourself there you do like an excellent Thank job of that so i hope people go go and listen to that so
0: yeah. yeah, and you know, it's kind of like my goal that one day I get to do No Borders, No Race from Japan because I love interviewing the J-pop artists that come over here, whether it be at their own concerts or the ones that come to like anime conventions because they're such a thrill to chat with and having this opportunity to interview Emmy Kusuno when she's actually visiting the Boston area for, I don't know what, that's going to be one of my questions, but just having that actually happen it's it's a rarity and i take every opportunity that i can to interview these artists because they deserve to be heard i don't care if you don't know japanese or or any like language that's different from yours if the music sounds amazing you should absolutely go and listen to it and satellite young uh, the pillows noodles those bands are groups that you should absolutely be listening to
2: there you go. And uh, yeah, so you know, if, you, if you want to follow the ARGcast on Twitter, we are at ARG Podcast. Anything on Facebook, we are at facebook.com slash ARG And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at TheGuiltyMan.
1: If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at twitter.com slash the You can also check out my work at comicbook.com slash gaming. As I mentioned, I just put up a review for Tempest 4000, and soon I'll be reviewing Mega Man X Legacy. Very
2: cool, very cool, and uh, also we are on 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 Discord. So if you want to talk with fellow retro gaming fans, you can, you, you can definitely join that on the uh, you know using the link in the show notes. Uh, also, we are a partner with Don't Feed the Gamers, so be sure to check them out at dontfeedthegamers.com That's run by our good friend Leona Ruppert. So be sure to give them uh, you know to give them some love over there uh, with all their like kind of fan centric gaming news and like reviews and whatnot. Uh, also, like we uh, you know, if, if you want to like send us any um, any like opinions, any feedback, any like retro games you want us to cover or anything at all, really, you could email us at rcast at retrozap.com and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts, especially the Star Wars variety. There is Bruce and, Bu- and Blasters, Canada's Castle, Skywalking Through neverland Starship Sabres and Scoundrels. There's also bond this is really cool because it binds both Star Wars and Politics. So if you're both minds, it's definitely the podcast for you. There's also the Deuce cast movie show, so just like the title suggests, they are a movie podcast and those guys have been doing it for over 300 episodes now so they definitely know what they're doing over there there's also the Animaniacast so if you're a big Animaniacs fan that's definitely the podcast for you and they're also Rob Paulson Approved and there's also the Techno Retro Dads. So if you love old school stuff, and of course you do because you listen to the RCast, you love the Techno Retro Dads because they cover stuff in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Not only just video games, but also toys, commercials, things like that. And yeah, there's also us with RCast. So be sure to find us on iTunes where you can give us five stars, subscribe, and tell your neighbors. You, uh, we're also on Stitcher and also Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not listen to the RCast. And yeah, that's RCast episode 120 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro.
1: And if you're playing older Dragon Ball Z games instead of Fighter Z, something.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Or at least, <laughs> or, or, or at least if you're playing a like Final Battle, you should go with like Vegeto, because at least they have the kind of cool double voice going on there.
1: Oh so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so early anime. Well, at least they were better in early Spark games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I had cause... fun
0: with the first-person shooter just Spark. Yeah, I, that was away. fun.
1: Go away! You just pete You just throw around Pete Snowball. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I threw the Terrence though Yeah. Oh, God. oh yeah, that's so much better, Evan. <laughs> yeah. You know that's de- that's definitely Evan in the toilet too. That's what yeah. he is. He's in the toilet too. <laughs> <laughs> that must
2: be it. That must be it. And it, it might be like a peek too into a possible South Park episode we'll have to do in the future. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. From 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 toilet two to Pikachu. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Sign out, baby. Catch you later.
2: Hello, my name's Richard Moss, and I make a podcast called The Life and Times of Video Games. It's a narrative and documentary-style show about games' history and how the medium has evolved over time. Each episode or bonus interview soundbite delves into some aspect of the ups and downs of the industry, or the design, development, and legacy of the best or most interesting games ever made. It's all carefully edited, complete with original music and sound design, and a mix of interviews and deep research, all set up to tell you a great story about the secret worlds behind, all within, video games. I hope you enjoy the show.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.